0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by inviting a friend of yours to the cinema to see a movie that they really, really want to see and then just talking through the entire thing and then end up ruining the entire movie right at the end.
1: Sounds like my type of time.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Roll the Credits, the podcast. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are talking about some of the movies that have had the deepest impact on us. These are movies that it's definitely different than our top 10 list of like our favorite films because favorite films and like films that have like had obviously some type of like real genuine effect on us um, is definitely different because Mm -hmm. that can really there's so many different ways that you can go with this. And there's so many things and there's so many different films that can affect you in so many different ways uh, that it's way it's actually a lot different than Mm -hmm. like like your favorite films of all time
1: yeah because you can really love a film just because of like the the story the idea like the atmosphere of the film yeah but these are films that like might be complete shit (laughs) but just stuck with us Mm -hmm. like these are the films that like actually got us to where we are now um and that could be either like made us emotional made us creative inspired us to do the podcast like stuff like that yeah so this is very different and very
0: hard to pick yeah, it is. It's really, really tough. Um, yeah. and... Fuck you,
1: fuck you for making me pick. <laughs>
0: it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would actually really like you to go first on this one. Okay, just because I want to hear what your number, or whatever is. I I, I, I didn't. There's no like specific amount that we decided to choose on. This is just what we thought of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have like a couple of honorable mentions too that I'll do like towards the end. Yeah. Um So weirdly enough, the first one is South Park the movie. Uh, hmm. I think it was like bigger, bolder, uncut, some unrated, something like okay. that. Um Well, it's a funny movie. This was like the first movie in my childhood that like I I didn't know what South Park was at the time. Um, I thought it was just a cartoon, and then my parents would not let me watch it, and I later found out why because it's not really a cartoon for kids. Right. Um. But I remember I went over to like one of my friend's house, and he put it on for us to watch, and. I just died laughing the entire time. But also from it, I was like, what is this? Like, I did not know that this existed. I didn't know that cartoons can be vulgar, can like have adult situations into it. Yeah. Um. So that always stuck with me where it was kind of like the first animated movie that opened my eyes to you can do adult situations and still make it entertaining.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. yeah. South Park. Yeah.
1: I know. That was like the weird one for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have an animated movie too. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Tarzan. But,
0: uh,
1: listen, the animated Tarzan is incredible. Listen, Phil Collins?
0: Yeah, no. It's f- th- the whole score have to go is go so immaculate.
1: Hard. <laughs> Didn't have to go so hard on the
0: soundtrack. Uh, it is really good. Um but that is uh Finding Nemo. Yeah. And the very reason, heartbreaking The reason why is truthfully as f- to, to, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but in my memory, um, Finding Nemo is the is the first film that I saw in a movie theater with my dad, that I can mm-hmm. honestly like actually remember. Ha- like, I remember sitting in the seat with my dad watching Finding Nemo, and I don't know if that's true or not, mm-hmm. but that it's it's like the first movie that popped into my head that I was like, that's like the first real movie experience that I remember actually ha- having. I think. Um, at a movie theater, and it's and I remember just being completely mesmerized by the story mm-hmm. and me being however old I was, a young kid, and like genuinely caring about a like about a about a a son and a and a father who got separated and and like really hoping that they find each other again yeah. and of course, you have the comedic relief of Dory. Mm-hmm. By Ellen the Generous, who hasn't really aged very well in this climate, with her uh, everything that's been going on with her. Mm-hmm. But um, that's besides the point. She's great in the movie and um and i just remember and like tr- like also like the animation like i remember being i was like, gonna say be like wow this is beautiful like the water and, and just how blue everything was i think this is when like
1: pixar really kicked it into gear with like their animation style because before this you had like toy story you had like monsters inc which like were nice to look at but yeah this was like a spectacle yeah
0: it was so beautiful and there's really memorable characters um and you know fish are friends not food that's like a classic i like the starfish the starfish is great stuck to the Um, fucking wall yeah yeah uh and you know i remember laughing hysterically during during scenes i remember like basically crying Mm -hmm. during scenes and it it, it hit all the you know every emotion that i that i could have that my little eight-year-old self could have had you know um and and I remember just sitting with my dad, and I guess that's kind of like an important part of my entire movie, my entire you know, love of film is because of my dad. Mm-hmm. So like that memory of like actually going to the theater with him and watching it means a lot.
1: Nice. Um, quick, uh, like honorable mention then I'd, Tarzan for me. Like we just oh joked yeah about no it, but we just gushed about it. It's great. But now that I think about it, like I think that was the first movie that like my parents brought me to go see. Mm. Um, like I I actually remember like. Um, like my mom holding me and just like pointing me towards the screen. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so for me, my next one is, and you know this too. Like, I've I've been a horror fan. Like, for <laughs> you a said fo- a horror. Yes, yeah, so I've been a horror for quite a long time. <laughs> I've been a horror fan for movies like probably since like I started watching movies. There yeah. was a good point in time where like that was the only type of movie I would watch. Um, and in that time, like I've seen very different horror films of course um and over the time i i got to learn that like okay a lot of them are just like jump scare type stuff yeah like that's the best way to do it well not the best way but that's like the easiest way to do it um and i think it was what was it like 2017 when hereditary came out and you took me to go see it
0: wow i was there yeah you were there for (laughs) for your next pick
1: (laughs) fucking 1 p.m in the afternoon yeah getting out at like and i think that was the
0: theater completely empty yeah it was just us it was just us
1: and like maybe one or two other guys yeah um but yeah like that was the film for me like horror that like reignited horror for me that let me know that like oh my god a horror film can be genuinely scary without relying on jump scares yeah and since then a lot of films have been doing it um it comes at night is definitely one of them too the lighthouse the witch um most stuff that a24 puts out yeah everything
0: (laughs) a24 makes yeah
1: but it just reignited the fact that like you know you can have a horror film without just a fucking like Crow hitting a door or right. like a toy like dropping on the floor, yeah, yeah, and then like a, a witch like coming to scream at you, right? Like, you yeah. can have something that like is genuinely scary for the fact that it is building and scary,
0: yeah. I mean, Hereditary um was an honorable mention of mine mm-hmm. um because it was the first time again when I saw the movie, it was also me, my girlfriend, and then just one other couple like way behind us. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited about this movie and I was talking about it. I watched the trailer like six times. I remember, I remember showing it to you yes. and I was like, yo, we need to like, we need to see, <laughs> we need this. To see this. And then I saw it first and then mm-hmm. I was like, we need to go watch this. And then, I wa- and then I watched it again with you. But it was the first time that I remember mm-hmm. that I was actually like jaw dropped in the theater because of what happened on the screen. Yeah. I saw so, something happens in the movie, and I literally was jaw dropped for like three minutes, and I was like, "I don't know if this has ever happened to me. Like, I've never been like that affected by a movie. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I love Hereditary so much. It's a great movie. So I also have a horror movie that I needed to mention, mm-hmm. um, and this is not nearly as good as a horror film as Hereditary. <laughs> is it but... Grave Encounters? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> um, but. Uh, a film that definitely ignited the f- me loving horror and gore, mm-hmm. and that is the 2003, not the original, the 2003 remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. Mm. Not the greatest movie, and I is that can...
1: the one where like um at the very end he just walks into like where basically like the video game cut off your your location of where you could go.
0: I don't. What do you mean by that? Like
1: it just ended with the fact of like him walking back into the darkness, but it like plainly oh. cut off of like street to black.
0: I don't remember. I don't know. Um, I don't think so.
1: Is that the one where like it's the one was... with Jessica
0: Biel? So yeah. like it's the one where like he, the guy gets like his leg cut yes. off and he gets like hung on the hooks mm-hmm. and then he puts like the salt on the wound and with uh, the bear
1: trap too, right? I think there was a bear okay. trap yeah, in. I, yeah, yeah, I know which one.
0: Um and. I to this day I still think it's not a bad Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. film. Like it's not a gr- it's not an incredible movie, but like if you if you are a fan of just good old-fashioned like um high tension and gore, mm-hmm. the the 2003 version I think is admirable. While like I don't think it's really bad acting. There's some really shocking, jarring moments in it and I was way too young to see it. It came out in 2003, <laughs> yeah. right? So I'm I'm eight years old when it came out and I saw it. And I remember I remember I saw Texas Massacre 2 because I was so excited and I was like, <laughs> It's so gory, it's incredible. But um this movie really kind of ignited the fire of me loving horror mm-hmm. and loving gore like i wasn't scared of leatherface i thought he was so awesome like the the mask that he wore i wanted i wanted to like i wanted to be him for halloween i wanted the chainsaw i wanted to just you know murder people just kidding uh, <laughs> but uh i you know like it really really ignited a a real real passion for horror being one of my favorite genres of film in general
1: it was cool too like seeing the transition of like his outfit to to like this butcher yeah rather than like in the original where he wore a suit and yeah, it was yeah. Just it's, like kind of it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah it's like it's not very scary to be like oh, okay three-piece suit wearing a, like with a chainsaw <laughs> yeah as opposed to oh fuck dirty
0: butcher with a right. chainsaw like yeah that's... wearing somebody else's face <laughs> yeah that's pretty terrifying. And i remember the the impact that it had of whoever whoever the actor was that played jessica biel's boyfriend hmm He he cuts off his face. Yeah, and then there's a scene where where she like sees Leatherface for the first time, and he's wearing her boyfriend's face. Mm -hmm. And like, listen, I don't care what you say, (laughs) that is horrifying. Yes, (laughs) like that is a great concept of a film or Mm -hmm. a great concept of a scene. It's so good. Yeah, I love that movie. I can watch. That is maybe maybe that could have been in like my um, guilty pleasure films because like Mm -hmm. I I recognize that it's not a great movie, but I love that movie and it definitely impacted all, you know just my my just love for horror.
1: Mm-hmm. So speaking of like great scenes, um my next one is probably the first film that I can remember where it showed me that you can have like a disoriented like setup and still be incredibly um compelling and that's pulp fiction. Um the way that the film is set up is so unique and in such a way that i'd never seen before when i first watched it cuz listen like it's like what three or four stories um mm-hmm. and it's just set up in a non timeline order like you have non linear s- shut up these are the these <laughs> are the words <laughs> i know words um but like stuff like with bruce willis's character like that whole story is before anything happens with um with john travolta and samuel jackson's story but that one's told first so it's so it's very like different and at the time like i i needed to watch it like a second time to fully grasp like what was going on yeah but it was so compelling to me because it was set up in such a different way that not a lot of film like a lot of films try to like replicate it and we've done a couple of films that try to do that and i don't feel like anybody has been able to, like, fully, fully do it the way that Tarantino did with Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think Tarantino has ever been able to replicate it nearly as good as he did. Yeah. Because he, tri- he did it a little bit, like, the Hateful Eight. Yeah. uh, And, like, that... It was okay. Like, mm-hmm. the way that he did it was, like, fine. Um, He did it with Reservoir Dogs, but, like, that was just, like, the beginning of what right, he could do yeah, with I mean, it. Pulp Fiction, for sure, was, like, the gold standard of it. And it's funny because, like, it's so weird that it was... I don't. I. I almost. I found it kind of strange of like how much of a phenomenon that movie became because mm-hmm. of that. like everybody was talking about, like it was a non-linear story. Like we we couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's it, this is groundbreaking, <laughs> but it's like there weren't many movies that did it before, but there were a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so strange because like books like novels are kind of almost always told like that yeah like they're you know like it's always like you know like you read a few chapters and then and then you meet this character and then all of a sudden they go back and like the next chapter they go back to like their early life or mm-hmm. whatever it was and like with a novel like you, you kind of just expect it but for whatever reason everybody saw in the movie and was like this is
1: incredible <laughs> like we've never seen anything like this well even like mystery felt like books too like yeah right that way
0: yeah so like it was not really like a new idea. It mm-hmm. was just new for movies, I guess. Yeah. But um, it's a great film. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely impactful. My next movie, probably one that you would never expect. Uh, and again, not a great movie. Mm-hmm. But one that, man, oh man, did I have a f- the time of my life watching this movie over and over again. And again, it has a lot to do with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is 2006, I believe it came out. Uh, the Pink Panther
1: Oh, the live action one, yeah, mm-hmm. with
0: um what whatever his name is Steve Martin, yeah what a <laughs> what a time I've had with that movie. um, it was the first time that I remember actually crying from laughing with oh really, dad. so like specifically the scene where he's like trying to walk through the um have you ever seen that movie?
1: I so it's weird enough that like they actually played it for us one day in class like during middle school. Oh, okay. I don't remember shit from it. Yeah,
0: though. well, there's there's a really there's a great scene where he's walking through um, a metal detector at an airport, and the, it just keeps going off, and it, it gets to a point where he has to like you know completely like come step to the side and like the T S A has to like go through his shit mm-hmm. and. It just gets to a point where, like, he's trying, he's hiding for whatever reason, he's hiding hamburgers in his, in his, like, (laughs) jacket pocket. But he's like, he's got, like, this really thick French accent. But he's, and he's, like, throughout the course of the movie, he's been trying to, um, like, work on his American accent so he can, like, try to, like, portray an American better. And he can't, for whatever reason, say the word hamburger properly. (laughs) So the officer is like, what's in your pockets? And it is just this nonstop back and forth of him trying to say hamburger. But he's saying it in like the most ridiculous way. Oh, isn't he saying like a bugger? Yeah, like it's, but it's wor- it's way worse than I mean, it gets to the point where it's so unrealistic that mm-hmm. like the way that he's trying to say it. But me and my dad were crying from like watching this scene. And there's a lot of like slapstick in that movie. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not the greatest movie ever. But from a childhood standpoint of like me being like, wow. I don't think I have ever had a film make me gasp for air and like literally I have to pause Mm -hmm. the movie and just laugh for seven minutes (laughs) because get it out of you. Because like I cannot continue. Mm -hmm. And then of course it gets to the point where it's like me and my dad would be like, yo, we gotta rewind and then and watch that thing again. And then we would do it again and <laughs> just and pause it again and then just it, it did it like three times. Have you watched it recently? I haven't watched like... it recently. Okay. So I don't know if it holds up. Mm-hmm. But in my memory, one of the funniest movies ever made. And I, I know that it's really not, mm-hmm. but again, like so impactful with like, wow, a movie can actually like bring me to tears from laughing that hard never happened ever like i i don't know if i've to this day i've ever laughed that hard at a movie like since (laughs) truthfully (laughs) nothing has ever brought me joy like this honestly but like nothing has made me like like have to like gasp for air Mm -hmm. from like laughter and also i was a kid when i was watching it so immature immature comedy was like way more like you know exciting for me Mm -hmm. but uh it, it was just like right place right time kind of thing
1: i remember tuning out after the opening with the actual animated Pink Panther, and then it went into live action. I was yeah, like, whoa, yeah. hold up. You're this like, ain't the Pink Panther I this know. This doesn't
0: make sense.
1: Um, so my next one is kind of same thing, like some like a, a comedy that like I've talked about before that always stuck with me, um, and that's The Big Lebowski.
0: Yeah, you love that movie? I, I
1: fucking love that movie so much. I, I've told the story, too, where it's like there was at one point where every week I was watching the movie, Um, just because I, I loved it so much. Um, and I think like what stood out for me was you had the main character being like this fucking dumb kind of like dirt bag almost. Yeah. Like he, he's not really good at anything and he's just kind of like scraping by. Um, but just so charismatic, like so funny, like not letting anything get him down and then having a best friend who is the complete opposite. Of Walter, a psychopath. Yeah. John Goodman <laughs> playing this psychopath best friend yeah. who is way too loyal, but way fucking morally disrupted. <laughs> um, and I, I just remember like falling in love with the story where it's it becomes much more complex than it actually.
0: Oh, yeah, makes... for sure. Like whenever somebody asked me, like I've had my girlfriend and my girlfriend's brother being like, like, what is the Big Lebowski? Like I've seen mm-hmm. it. They They both have like never watched it. And I'm like, it's it's a bowling movie, yeah. But it's not a bowling movie, exactly. <laughs> and that's
1: what's so weird is like you could technically, like, it's technically a sports movie because it's bowling, yeah. But it's more of a mystery comedy <laughs> than anything else. Like, there's there's barely any bowling in yeah. it, yeah. Um, and that's that's where like it kind of caught me, where it's like, it was a weird way to mix genres that made you go back and forth of like what it actually was, yeah. Um, so I love that movie because of that.
0: Well, I also have a Cohen Brothers film under under mine. Um, Sit up for this one. And get, well, get all situated. You know what it is. Well, I think you would dude. You mm-hmm. would. Um, and that is No Country for Old Men released mm-hmm. in 2007. Absolutely. Um, And I, I don't know. I don't remember a movie making me sweat nearly as much as I was sweating during that film mm-hmm. until I hit uncut gems yeah like uncut gems i was like perfect like literally sweating (laughs) (laughs) um and but the only movie that made me sweat like that before was no country Mm -hmm. um and it's you know of course like it's a cat and mouse game that it just is you you have a an incredible villain who's fucking horrifying
1: yeah the fact that like he has no emotion and just keeps getting up is what's scary yeah
0: like he's like a he's like a real life michael myers
1: i was gonna say more like terminator
0: (laughs) (laughs) well not quite like the terminator Mm. but definitely like just like the the menacingness of a michael myers Mm -hmm. type where like when he walks like past you you can feel like i I always like go back to that scene in um the dark knight rises with bane Mm -hmm. where Bane I don't remember like exactly what's going on but, but long story short Bane ends up like putting his hand on top of like some like politician or some guy like a, at a bank or something yeah on his shoulder and he's like do you feel that and mm-hmm. he, you know and he's like can you can you feel the power and it's like that's what you kind of get when you looked at um Antoine Shuguer yeah Mr. sugar because he he first off the worst haircut ever mm-hmm. but uh, Other than that, yeah, but like, he's so scary looking, um, and the way that he walked, and 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 I thought, like, I remember being completely astonished with the fact that he's using an air canister mm-hmm. as a weapon because you, there's no bullet, there's nothing to be traced with yeah. that. It's just, it's com- just air. <laughs> it's literally compressed air. Mm-hmm. So. I remember just being like, that is one of the most scary and crazy villains ever in a film. And then I remember watching it and you get to the end, which is kind of like the same reaction that you had the first time that you watched it. Cause you never saw it before we did the podcast, Yeah, which is the ending with the protagonist just kind of getting killed mm-hmm. and not seeing it and not really knowing what happened. I remember just being like, wait, wait, wait a minute hold on what's going on and yeah. having to rewind it and being like did I miss something mm-hmm. and then going back be like no 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 that's just just how it is and being like can you do that <laughs> you know what, what I mean did. but you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it, it was a movie it never have I ever had a situation like that happen to me prior to watching that film and I was like wait a minute are you a lot la- like is that let me get let me get out the movie like the yeah. guidelines <laughs> here because like I've never seen another film do something like that before and it's just so dark and gritty, and it's it really has this this desert tinge to it mm-hmm. of—
1: Well, you get that, too, just from, like, Josh Brolin, like, the way that he looks and yeah, the way he's surviving. this hardened,
0: like, man, mm-hmm. and getting fucking hunted down by one of the scariest human beings <laughs> ever— yeah. And it really, really affected me to the point where, you know, I mean, he, he I have to go back and watch that movie like once every, every, like at least once every two years, just because it's so intense mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, it's a great movie and, yeah. and it definitely impacted um, a lot. Absolutely. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have one
1: more and then just honorable mentions. Okay.
0: I think I have two more. Okay. Maybe three actually. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have three more.
1: Fuck. Okay. So... I'll make them quick. Yeah. um, So for me, last one, um, we've done it before too. Akira.
0: Akira's great. That's like the one anime I know like last episode I spoke about. But I really enjoyed Akira.
1: Akira was such a phenomenon to me when I watched it for the first time. um, Just for the fact of how well anime was able to create this intense dystopian sci-fi film. Um, and the animation to it, too, was just so incredible, especially to, like, in the Coliseum scene of uh, Tetsuo and um, Kaneda, like, fighting and Tetsuo, like, just becoming this disgusting, like, this like fucking ball of baby, mush. gross, like, fucking <laughs> biomechanical, yeah. disgusting thing. Yeah. Um, it was so incredible. And seeing, like, some of the weird, like, things that they did, too, like, with the hospital scene. Um, oh, right, yeah, it was just so cool to look at and <clears> it's it's one of those movies that like is astonishing to me too because we talked about it where the the manga wasn't finished when the movie was being done so both of them are neither like the original or like the 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 copy to it right and it's so unique because of that and you have, like, situations, too, where it's, like, it's been dubbed over, like, six different times. Yeah. So, like, to find, like, the actual good one is crazy. <laughs> but either way, like, it's all just insane to watch. Like, it's just it's just two hours of a great sci-fi film. Yeah. Um, and that's not always done the best, like, with anime. But this movie still stands the test of time, like, 30 years after it came out.
0: Yeah definitely i mean when you have like you said when you have like mult when you have like uh, a version that's like you have six different versions of the movie yeah. because they uh, they keep like having to sub like dub over it because of just how incredible the movie is because they want to make it you know as as easily accessible to as many audiences as possible mm-hmm. clearly you have like something on your hands here that's like good right yeah.
1: And then they're doing a live action version of it
0: too. Yeah, which apparently Scorsese's doing, and mm-hmm. I'm not really excited about that because I don't feel like that's his that's not his strong yeah, suit. Yeah, like I just I don't think that I honestly don't think that's going to go over well, but we'll see. Yeah. If he's the, if he's the one that does it. Um I have to speak about of course there'll be blood. Yeah. Um it's a movie I'll go over like pretty quickly with the because we one. talked just, about it nonstop because I always talk about it, but um it really, when it comes down to it, was it's the film. The reason why I I I brought it on onto this list is because at the end of the day, it's one of those movies that um, it's a, it's the film that is like the test for me mm-hmm. of like, hey, watch this movie. It's the movie that I always recommend to somebody, and like, did you like it or not? And if you liked it, now I know that you're a good person. <laughs> no. Now I now I know that like we. There's some type of like similarities here of like, okay, now, now let's try to like go over to this type of genre, this type of genre, because I don't know, like there'll be blood. A lot of people find it very, very boring. Mm -hmm. And I don't, obviously. Um, I think it's a masterpiece of a film. And of course, Daniel Plainview for me is like one of the greatest characters like ever put to screen. Um, And he's very, very complicated. And it's just very impactful because again, like during college, my roommate, me and me and my buddy Harry, I, I showed him there would be Blood and all all we could do was talk about There'd be Blood after that. He was like he was like, I can't believe it's incredible. We would watch it like four times <laughs> um during my college semester because it's just so good. But um yeah, of course so that had to be on there. Yeah. Um my my next one was 1968's eight's two thousand one space odyssey. Yeah. Um mostly just because of the simple fact that it was I've never had a film experience kind of similar to Hereditary, where with Hereditary, Mm -hmm. I was jaw-dropped. With 2001 A Space Odyssey, once the film ended, I just could not comprehend what just happened, I don't think, and I had to just kind of sit there with my thoughts for like a half hour. Again,
1: too, it's just a phenomenon of a film. Yeah. Um, Especially, too, like the last half of the movie is literally just like an acid trip more or less it's crazy
0: and i remember just i remember watching it being like i can't believe this was made in 1968 because literally to this day Mm -hmm. and i and i mean that right now in 2021 2001 the space odyssey is probably the best looking movie i've ever seen we're
1: coming up to on like our 200th episode and i wanted to do that for it. It's
0: it's it is so incredible. It mm-hmm. is and i do mean this. It is one of the most beautiful movies i have ever seen. Mm-hmm. The space shots are absolutely incredible. The way the the ships look, how it's it's so good. The movie yeah. is so good. Um and i remember just being like i cannot believe. And then like if you watch if you watch like the documentary of like how he made it, it is crazy. What he did on how to like create these these special effects because everything is real Mm -hmm. except for like the act like at the end like the baby itself is obviously computer generated yeah but like everything everything else is is literally real Mm -hmm. and the way that the way that he was able to like accomplish like certain things like like zero gravity or like the pen floating and stuff like that is just so incredible and I remember just watching it and being like this is possibly the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. Um, and then my last one is, of course, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. Yes. Um, and I think mostly that just comes down to growing up in an in a, in a Italian-American home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, my grandfather, like, the songs that they would play, the type of music that they would play in the film, it felt like my house. It mm-hmm. felt like my home. The way that they spoke to each other, the jokes that they would make... The way that they would, co- the things that they would call each other, which is very like Italian, like slang and whatnot. The dead it, horses in your bed. The dead horses, yeah. The <laughs> decapitated horses in my bed. Well, all of that stuff, it felt like home. And, and at the end of the day, it's a film that if you grew up with an Italian father or mother or both, um, it's a film that most likely, if you're our age, your parents. Are like proud of, mm-hmm. and I, and it's very rare that I think that like you get a you get a movie um, that your parents really sit down and like enjoy it because of it's their heritage, mm-hmm. you know. And although it's like the dark part of their heritage, it's such a great film that in my household, when The Godfather comes on, everybody fucking sits down and shuts up and watches it, yeah, because it's just that incredible. Mm-hmm. And again, again, I, I do think that it's a little biased just because of growing up in an Italian home and that being an Italian, especially because, you know, my, my my father and my grandfather Sicilian. Mm-hmm. So like that movie taking place, you know, and then being in Sicily and going to Sicily and and all that, like it's just it, it just meant a lot because it was like, wow, like sitting down with my, my father, and my grandfather and my grandfather grew up in Sicily. And he knew like the streets, yeah. <laughs> like that that they're on, and all that. And he and they, you know, he was like, "I've been to that cafe. That mm-hmm. it's just, it's just all this craziness." And and um, it's absolutely like one of the most impactful movies, just because a, it's a it's a grand story. It is. But it's also a really small story, mm-hmm. and it's about family. And it's about family yeah. at the end of the day, and and you know it's 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 just the best.
1: As a man whose grandmother is full-blooded Italian, I also am a little biased to that film. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very surprised actually too that you didn't put in like John Q or Inside Man, because you've talked about like how much those films. Yeah, mean to you. I
0: actually I didn't think of those. I mean, yeah, more more John Q than Inside Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like John Q being the one where like my again going back to my dad where like like maybe probably one of the first times that I remember like actually like crying in a movie mm-hmm. and watching my dad cry was when the son, d- d- yes. like his heart gives out and then at the end. Uh, but then like, I don't know, I guess like maybe going back and rewatching and I was like, it's not as good as I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it's still a good movie. It is. It's definitely like heart, you know, heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, I have
1: a, I have like two honorable mentions. Go ahead. um Or three. uh Obviously, The Thing that's yeah. um, it's I've talked about it too much it's it's a great movie um Star Wars just because of like how magical it was when I came out and like me watching it for the first time as a kid yeah um it just opened a whole new world of sci-fi for me yeah uh, and then finally I don't know if you've ever seen it the secret of NIM
0: no I don't think so what is that
1: terrifying uh <laughs> animated movie it was marketed for kids it's not for kids it's um it's like this family of rats that were like (laughs) genetically mutated to where like basically like how rise of the planet apes was like they're they're smart they're intelligent Mm. um but there's just so much murder and like they showcase a lot of like human or um animal cruelty and like testing and it was just bizarre as a kid like that that stuck with me for the wrong reasons yeah um that scarred me more so
0: that's that's the best though
1: Yep. So that's that's. What I we love. Got. Uh,
0: there, maybe that that should be like a, like a list <laughs> films of that movie. scarred yeah, us, yeah, like films that really like fucking scared the shit out of us. The Grudge. Whatever. Yeah, The Grudge was horrifying. <laughs> I Remember watching that when you were kids? I actually I rewatched The Grudge recently. Oh, it's, it's like, horrible. It's not good it's at all. Not, it's not scary at all.
1: No, it's a horrible movie. It's not great. Yeah.
0: It, there's the CGI in it is awful. It yeah, did not yeah, hold yeah. up at all. <laughs> yeah, because um, I remember sitting back because I, I I remember as a kid mm-hmm. I remember actually being too scared to watch it because yeah. of the kid and I never watched it. And then I and then I watched it for the first time like 4 months ago, maybe 3 it's months horrible. ago, and I watched it with my girlfriend, her brother and her mom, and her mom was but mom's scared of everything, so mm-hmm. like that like was like whatever, but her brother was like, "No, man, this still holds up." And I'm sitting there with my girlfriend and I'm like, "Are, what, am, are we missing something? Like this movie <laughs> is trash, oh, it's garbage." <laughs> I remember just watching It wasn't watching scary it. at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a what a bizarre time.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's an idea for for eventually. Yeah.
0: Uh, but that that that, w- that could be fun, movies that scarred us. Mm-hmm. That's fun, actually. Um, all right, so I have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you I haven't recommended some albums in a while. I don't, did you actually get around to listening to Sinner Get Ready?
1: I listened to one song, and, and I was you like, like, wow, nope. this is just opera. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and then I listened to another song, and it was, just like, it was just like a beat, and I
0: was like, I don't know. It's a very strange album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good album, though, I think. Uh, so this one's a little bit more... Uh, regular I guess <laughs> okay but it is a hip-hop album mm-hmm. um, and it's an album that I think is not a perfect album by any means but I've listened to it like five times since this release and I was like you know what I think I actually do like it and that is Donda by Kanye West his most recent album um, it, the constant pushback and getting getting remade and then remastering this and changing this and whatever And I'm sure I'm sure the album isn't even finished yet. He's probably going to take it off and then redo stuff and then put it back on because that's what he did with The Life of Pablo. Mm -hmm. But that all being (laughs) said, um, I do I think it's a little bit of a bloated album, but I think that the tracks that hit are honestly some of the best Kanye songs I've heard in in a very, very long time. I Mm -hmm. think that they're maybe some of Kanye's best songs ever. Um, And Donda being his mom, his mother's name, and her dying... You know, like years ago at this point, and that was like when he was kind of going crazy, and mm-hmm. that was like the whole Taylor Swift thing. Mm-hmm. That was like right yeah, after where his he, mother's death, yeah, he and tried like, to take the he Grammy was going or whatever. Nuts. Yeah. Um. So like having an album in her name, and I guess it, I guess like the it it's impactful not to be you know kind of to go with the theme of the episode, but it's like one of those albums that like if you've been if you've been following Kanye like through his career, that mm-hmm. means like all the ups and all the downs, like Donda was a really great album to hear just because you know how much his mother meant to him and and just like getting those tracks about her and and whatnot it was nice and it was actually nice to have Kanye rapping again mm-hmm. like I haven't heard I feel like I haven't heard a Kanye album where he was actually like rapping rapping and he doesn't see because like Kanye is like 40 something at this point mm-hmm. and he doesn't sound like a 40 something year old when he's rapping like he's like oh I got all these new guys who are like 23 24. And I'm, like, keeping up with them. And it's like, okay, great. Like, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I recommend Donda. I think Donda's a good if, – if you are a fan of hip-hop, I think uh, there's, there's tracks on there for everybody to like. Wonderful. Wow. What an episode. episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Zach, we yeah. have to do it. We spoke about it. We said we were going to do it, and we never actually did it. We are doing The Green Knight. Oh, cool. Nice. Um we ended up I I saw it in theaters. I know you mm-hmm. saw it in theaters and it's now on streaming services and you can rent it for like I think like three bucks or whatever. So, um I don't want to just go off memory, so I'm definitely gonna rewatch it. Yeah, I gotta. Um but I remember just absolutely loving it and it was one of my most anticipated movies of
1: the year. Maybe I can get my fiance to watch it now because she did not go with me to the theaters and I I was like, you should have been there. Yeah. Like it's such a great, well, the
0: thing is like, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, so if you haven't seen the green Knight, it is on pretty much every streaming service. So, um, I recommend it. I'm, I'm not even a fan of fantasy really. That's like not my genre of film, but I thought it was incredible. Um, so that's what we're doing next. So watch it. So you can come in on the episode and enjoy the conversation. Anything else? Jesus, man. I feel no, like we <laughs> this episode. we bared our fucking soul. And like, <laughs> Here's the kitchen sink. <laughs> um, so that's it. So look forward to that. Uh, Zach, take us out. All right, guys.
1: Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.